Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. We're going we're gonna to dive right into the message. You're going to get sermon notes and we're going to get it. But I want to just read one passage of scripture, one, one verse that's going to kind of set the tone for where we're going to go today. We're in a series called Summer Feels. And what it means is it means that we get to basically preach whatever we want for about six weeks where we get kind of some now words from God. And I've got a word that really has been stirring in my heart for you. And I think it's going to be a, a message to change your life. The book of Luke chapter 9, Jesus is in the prime of his ministry. The crowds are gathered everywhere around him. They're all pulling at him. I think it's a lot of your life right now. You feel like everybody's pulling at you. Everybody's got an agenda for you. And, and while all of this is happening around him, the Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, at the time approached for him to be taken up into heaven, Jesus, which by the way, this is about a year before he actually died, but he knew what was coming. It says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In other words, he, he got a focus. He knew what it was all about and he made a plan. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. The title of our message is in your notes today. It's called The Power of Focus. We're going to talk about the power of focus. Are you ready to receive a word from God today? All right. Jesus, speak to us, transform us, and let us leave here different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you believe it, say, all right. Tell somebody on your way down, I'm glad I get to sit next to you today at church. And you can be seated. I'm really glad that you're at church today. I am so pumped about this series. It gives us an opportunity to just kind of preach some, some messages and, that are unique to us. It's not a kind of a theme that's going to happen this month. Every week, come expecting something great from God, which I'm really pumped about. But people ask me kind of a central question all the time. It's one of the top questions I get as a pastor. And it's the question, of how do you come up with the messages? And so that's a great question. Where do, I, where do you get content from? And most of the time, especially today's message, comes from things that I deal with in my personal life. And so when God deals with me on a subject, normally you get it a couple weeks later. So I want you to know that God has dealt with me on a subject of focus that I think is so crucial that'll help you. So I just want you to know this isn't some random idea. This is something that's really been big in my life and it kind of happened after Easter. If you um, can go with me on this kind of journey for a second. After Easter, I, I just went into a crazy, crazy busy season. Busy here at the church. We, we nailed down the, the Heights project and we were getting, ready, we're getting ready to launch Brandon. So the church is growing like crazy, going into at the movies. And then at the same time, I do all this stuff with church planning. I love to help pastors all over America. But I was traveling a lot and then doing our missions work overseas. And, and it just seemed like I was going like 90 miles an hour. And if you ever get in those seasons where you feel like, man, I'm doing so much, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything at all. And I, I was doing, I'm doing a lot of things, but not doing a lot of things really well. And, and so, and if that wasn't enough, I had four crazy little kids, six and under at home. And so feel like, man, how do I invest in them also? And I, I just felt super scattered. And the Lord really challenged me on a trip that I was on a couple weeks ago in Asia. And he challenged me on this idea of focus, of focus. And here's kind of the equation that the Lord gave to me. It's, it, it's in your notes. and I want you to write it down. And here's the idea is that activity doesn't always equal productivity. So I think there's a lot of people and you're really busy. I'm telling you, I'm talking to some of the busiest people I've ever met here in Tampa, Florida and St. Pete. You guys are busy. You got great businesses and great families and, and great leadership. But some of you guys are so busy doing so many things that you're not doing anything well. 
And I want to help you today to get a focus. I actually think that all of you guys could be summed up into one of two animals, okay? There are two birds, and I, I kind of think of things in illustrations. So when I think of this idea of focus, I think of this illustration. You're one of these two birds. The first one, um, and you don't want to be this first one. The first one is a, is a chicken. Some of you guys are chicken, all right? So, and I'm not talking about chicken as in you're not courageous. Um, you're, you're chicken as in, have you ever seen a chicken? Like, if you, you go to Ebor, don't go to Ebor, but you got the idea. You, you can see these little chickens walking around everywhere. And, and how do chickens eat? They just, they, they're going through the dirt and the ground. And they're, oh, I got something over here. And, oh, I got something over here. And they're, they're, there's no plan there's no strategy. You could have a T-bone steak on the top of a counter and a chicken will miss it because its head is in the dirt trying to find the little scraps off the ground. I think that's how a lot of Christians are, by the way, that their head is so in the dirt, they're from this meeting to this meeting to this thing to this thing, long hours to long hours, that they're missing the blessing of God in their life right now because they're just, their head's down. And so, but there's, an, there's another plan. There's another animal. And I, I want you to be this animal. Here's the second one. It's the eagle. The eagle's a little bit different. We're proud of the eagle. And, and let me tell you about an eagle. Eagles, you don't find them in, in Ebor. You don't find those eagles. But that's the message for another day. But uh, <laughs> you, you, you won't find them. What it, where's an eagle? An eagle's soaring high. An, or, an eagle's above the dirt, above the trash, above the scraps. And what an eagle does is an eagle spots his prey, sometimes miles away. They say up to two miles away. An eagle's eye is eight times stronger than that of a human. So it, it can see its prey up to two miles away and it can, it can find that little, the little animal, hopefully it's a cat, and it'll swoop down. <laughs> it's Bible. I'm just starting this is the word of God. And, and it'll swoop down and grab that thing and, and then eat. Why? Both of them are animals. Both of them are active. Both are birds. Both of them have eaten. One's eaten the scraps and one's eaten the prize. Why? Because, listen, it all comes down to this one word and the word is what? Focus. I, I think it all depends on your focus. And I want to help you today because so many of you guys are so busy. You're like this little chicken and you're running around. But being busy doesn't mean you're beneficial. Yeah. Let me take it another step forward. Movement doesn't always equal meaning. So just because you're, you're active, you're getting some stuff going, getting some stuff done, I want to I wanna help challenge you today. I, I want you to remind you that it's the middle of the year. Six months of this year is gone. That means we are halfway to 2020, ladies and gentlemen. How's your resolutions going for you? How are those dreams happening in your life? How, are you as far along as you wanted to be? I think a lot of you guys are not. And, and you, need, you need a good chiropractor today. That's my goal. This is to help you come in and get realigned to realize, okay, I, I can still do this thing. I can still turn this thing around. I, I, I fail most of the time at sports references, but let me try one, okay? So it's halftime, and your team is losing. And I'm going to bring you into the locker room here, and I'm your coach, Coach Burke. I'm ready to go. Can't teach you anything about sports, but I can teach you about this lesson, okay? And I, I'm going to give you a pep rally, and here, here's the idea of the pep rally. Listen, the first half hasn't gone too well, but it can end well. I'm going to say it again because I need your help preaching today. I said the first half might not have gone well, but it can end well, ladies and gentlemen. It might have been a struggle, but it can turn around. I, it might not have been going right, but it can go right now. And I just truly believe that we can end this thing well if you will learn to focus. So here's what focus means. Write it down. Focus simply means to reach toward. 
So I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna find an object, I'm gonna find something, and I'm gonna reach, I'm gonna reach towards it. I'm gonna lean into that thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna concentrate on that thing. Here's the other word you can write it down, is simply to concentrate. So I'm not gonna do everything. I'm gonna get something in my life that I can, I can put my attention towards it. Here's the problem with, with focus in our society, is our society does not celebrate focus, it celebrates multitasking. So it celebrates how many, how many plates can you spin at the same time? And then we celebrate that person. We don't ever celebrate the focus person. I think we've got it completely wrong. And, and really, you've been trained to multitask. I actually want us to be a family in here today. So we, we're all honest. We all know we all got issues. We all can be honest. This is that church. We can all celebrate that we can be real with each other. So I'm going to ask you some questions. And I just want to show up hands if it's been you. Okay? Nobody's going to call you out. Nobody's going to embarrass you because your hands should go up in at least one of these. Okay? Answer this question. In the past month, I have done one of the following while driving an automobile. <laughs> yeah, very good. Just raise your hand already. I have looked at my cell phone. Come on, put it up. Okay, you got, you're the most honest one of all of them. All the others were like, no, okay. Uh, put on makeup. Come on, girls. Uh, some of you guys just threw your hand up. All right, we got to talk later. Shaved. Come on, some of you guys. Oh, I see you. There it is. See you guys. Try to punish one of my children. Yeah, yeah, I almost died doing that the other day. And it would have been worth it because it was necessary. In the past month, I have done one of the following while sitting in a religious ceremony, whether at church, a funeral, or a wedding. I'm watching. God's watching. Ready? I have scrolled on Facebook or Instagram. God. I, I know more hands should go up than that. All right. I have researched a restaurant. Yeah. I know what you've been doing. I sent somebody a funny gift in a service. Some of one of you guys, yes. Yes, it better not have been about me. And I pulled up my camera to make sure I look good. Come on, throw up the hand. There you are. You guys are naughty, naughty people. Why? We're multitaskers. Here's one of the reasons why we multitask is simply because we have this thing called FOMO. You know what FOMO is? FOMO is the fear of missing out. So what FOMO does is it, it makes us miss out on the moment because we're actually not in the moment. We're thinking about all the other things that we could be doing. Like if you ever talk to that person, like you're having a conversation with them, and then while you're having a conversation with them, they're looking over your shoulder trying to think of who they can have a conversation with next. Some of you are like, yeah, Aaron, that was you. You did that to me. I know. That's why I'm preaching this message. <laughs> it's a struggle of mine. Why? Because I'm missing out on something else. You're, you're sitting there. You're, you're at a restaurant with friends. And you're on Facebook trying to see what other friends are doing. Talk to the real human beings in front of you. We, we miss the moment that we're there. Like, like we, we've missed it. You're, you're studying and you're watching Netflix. You're going to succeed at one of those two. Choose wisely. <laughs> You got to learn how to focus. You, you have such a problem with it. You won't even go to the restroom without an electronic device. We got an issue, guys. We got to figure out how to figure out how to focus, how to figure out how to focus. When I lack focus, I wrote down some phrases I think are, are huge. When I lack focus, I become a golden corral. Now, now y'all know what golden corral is? Golden corral is where you can get a lot of food, a variety of food, but none of it is good food. Can I hear an amen? Like, it's, it's just, 
It's, 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 a, it's crab legs that you shouldn't eat. You're, they're going to make you sick, but you just load up your plate going free crab legs. It's, you, get a, you can get a steak at Golden Crown. You can. It's not real meat. I don't know what it is, but I'm, you can get a steak there. And what are you piling on that plate? You're piling some mashed potatoes. You're piling some mac and cheese, some green. You're, it's, a, it's a big plate full of random stuff, and none of it is great. And I realize when I come to my life, if I don't learn to focus, then I can become a golden corral when God has actually created me and you to be Ruth's Chris. Because a lot of you guys have missed out on your calling. You think, well, I'm supposed to be good at everything. No, no, no. God has something individual, specific for you to be good at. Stop trying to be golden corral. I say it this way to our staff. You're not called to be a, a jack of all trades because a jack of all trades is really an expert in none. You need to be an expert in something. You need to be something that God's called you to be good at. Get a target and shoot at it and go, in this area, I'm going to be Ruth Chris. I, I can't be it in every area of my life. But in this area, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best dad I can be. I'm going to be the best pastor I can be. I'm the best business owner I can be. I'm going to be a Ruth Chris in what God has called me to do. Come on, give God better praise than that. That's what God's called you to do. Here, here's another one that from my life. It's I realize when I lack focus, I miss out on what's in front of me. So I'm so busy thinking of other things that I miss out on the greatness that's right there in front of me. I try to take my kids on, on dates once in a while. So a couple weeks ago, I brought Annabelle to our 5 p.m. service, and then me and her went out to eat afterwards. And as we're out to eat afterwards, I'm starting to get all these texts about things that happened that day in service. And so I, I made a mistake. I start to respond to these things. Well, she's there talking. They, you know, they'll just talk. Like, you don't have to give them anything to talk about. They just talk. And so she's just talking away, talking away. Then finally, she's just going, daddy, 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 daddy. Like, so, and I'm just, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. So finally, she like reaches over and she like grabs my face. She's like, daddy, did you hear what I said? And I'm like, I know, I know. And I was like, yes, but why don't you just repeat it one more time? <laughs> I missed it. I missed out on what's right in front of me instead of just focusing on all these other things. And I think so many times we do that in our life when we lack focus. Here's another one. I actually start to work on my weaknesses instead of my strengths when I lack focus. And this is huge for me because, listen, when it comes to our weaknesses, our weaknesses in our personality, our weaknesses in our, in our work skill set, I realize when I lack focus, I try to do everything I'm not good at. So I'll start taking classes on how to be a better administrator and, and how to be a better organizer. All of my weaknesses, and God's never called me to work on my weaknesses. Remember, Paul says it's in my weakness that God's made strong. So I'm not going to focus on this, but when it comes to our strengths, that's what we're supposed to invest in. That's what we're supposed to build on. So I, I can't be the best administrator, but I can be the best pastor. I can be the best preacher. I'm going to do what God's called me to do in my strengths. Because here's what's great about that. If I do what I'm good at, then when I'm weak at, that's where you're good at. And we're the body of Christ, so you help me, I help you, we help each other, and we're able to build this thing together, amen? So, so it helps me to realize, man, when I lack focus, I start working on all these things that are never supposed to work on. Here's the last one, is when I lack focus, I usually quit because nothing I'm doing is exceptional. So really, I'm doing all these things and I end up quitting them. So it's why we quit the diet. It's why we quit the fad. It's why we, we quit the show every single time. Why? Because nothing we're doing really is exceptional. And, and many times in our life, you're quitting things and you're quitting all these stuff and you're frustrated because you've lacked focus. We see this all throughout the scriptures where people's downfall was, was really 
contingent on the fact that they lost their focus. Like David, you know, David, David kills Goliath. David becomes the king over all of Israel. He's one of the best kings, a, a mighty warrior. And what happens? Watch how he loses his focus. It's, the Bible says it like this. In the spring, this is the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Well, David was a what? David was a what? A king. So David was supposed to go off to war. So what happened? David sent Joab. He says, you go out to war. You go and fight. I'm going to stay here. David lost his focus. And as David lost his focus, look at the next verse. The next verse says, one evening, David got up from his bed. When he was supposed to be out at war. He's walking around the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw the woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. You see how the whole downfall of David, you don't know the end of the story, is that that woman ends up being Bathsheba. He ends up having an affair with her, has to kill Bathsheba's husband to cover it up. Bathsheba gets pregnant. The baby ends up dying. It's a terrible situation. Why? Because he lacked focus. I'm telling you, it's the downfall of so many people. What about Peter? Peter is always lacking focus. He was always extreme one day, then the other day, another extreme. He was one of those guys that have a new idea, a new fad every single day. And then what? Jesus walks out on the water. Peter goes, oh, Jesus, you're on the water. I, I can go and walk on the water too. Jumps out of the boat, starts walking on water. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible. A man walks on water. And what is the downfall? It says, when Peter saw the wind, he took his focus off of Jesus. He put it onto the storm. He was afraid. And what happened? He began to sink. The downfall of Peter in this story is that he lost his, write it down in your notes. This is so important for your life because your legacy is the byproduct of your focus. And a lot of you guys are wondering, man, what am I going to be remembered for? And how am I going to be and make an impact? It will all be contingent on how you focus your life. And this is what's important about our verse today. Because what I love about Jesus, and I'll say it very, very carefully so you understand this. Listen, Jesus was so effective because Jesus was so focused. Jesus was incredibly effective because of Jesus' focus. I want to show you it in Luke 9. Remember the verse I read earlier? Jesus had just done the, been on the Mount of Transfiguration where he had this whole experience. It's about the last year of Jesus' ministry. And as he's there, he comes down. The Bible says it this way. The next day, he comes down from the mountain. Big moment in Jesus' life. And what happened? A large crowd met him. How big was the crowd? Large. It was a large crowd. This is a big deal. So, so lots of people around. People always connect with lots of people with success. You know, the business is growing, the church is growing, the finances are, whatever it is, there's, there's success. A lot of people around Jesus. You would have thought that Jesus would, had arrived. He would have gone, man, this is what it's all about. The people are here. But while all these people are here and they're marveling at all that Jesus did, look what he says to his disciples. He tells his disciples, listen, this isn't what it's all about. He says, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The son of man, the one that, 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 that you're following right now is going to be delivered into the hands of men. And then he goes to explain to them that he's going to go die. He tells them, listen, while, while this is all great, this is not what I came for. This isn't what it's all about. And then look what his disciples do. A couple of verses later, and they did not understand what he meant. They're like, this doesn't make sense. So what, what did he do? An argument amongst his disciples breaks out. and says, well, what do you think? Who's going to be the greatest of us? Isn't this just like people? People are always just like, yeah, how do I bring this back to me and back to my moment here? They did not have focus. But look what Jesus did in verse 51. In the midst of all of this, they're debating on who's going to be the greatest and all the crowds around him. 
Jesus says it like this. The Bible says, at that time approached for him to be taken up into heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In other words, I see all the crowds. I see the needs. I see what's going on. But I've got a bigger plan than what y'all are seeing right now. I've got a bigger focus right now. They're pulling, hey, come and heal my son. Come and deliver this person. Come and help uh, this people. Come come to give us teaching. He goes, no, no, no. I've got a bigger plan. And this is what I love about Jesus. I want your attention for just a second. This is what I love about Jesus. Because while Jesus' miracles are amazing, the, the, the opening of blind eyes, the, the healing of the lepers, the multiplication of food. We read all about it. Not a single one of those miracles is what brings us our salvation today. Not a single one of those miracles. As great as the teachings are, the teaching's not what, what brings us salvation today. Jesus knew how to keep the main thing the main thing. And while the world is pulling on them, I'm glad we served a God that said, hey, that's important, but I've got a bigger plan. I've got something more important than what you're going through. I know your issue seems big, but if I just get to the cross, what you're dealing with will be resolved and what everybody else in the world will be dealing with. We serve a God who knew the power of focus. This is how important it is. And you can experience this effectiveness. You can experience this power in your life if you'll learn to concentrate your life. It, it'll make, it'll be, bring power in your life. Like, like for instance, the, the sun out there, the sun can make an impact in your life. You know, you sit out there enough, you can get a nice little tan, and some of you guys are walking in to your July 4th weekend, and you're looking all glistened and tanned up, and you sat out there. But, it, you know, if you're sitting out there for a few minutes, it's not going to hurt you at that moment. I mean, obviously, you need to protect yourself and not sit out there for a long time, but it's not, it's not going to kill you at that moment. It's not going to kill you, your animals running outside or you, know, you see some insects. They're not dying from the sun right there in that moment. But how many know what one of these is? Do y'all remember these things? <laughs> you grew up a little boy. You know what this is right here. This is the best way. I'm telling you, if your kids are ever bored, take them, put them outside with a magnifying glass. They will kill so many ants. It is awesome. I'll tell you, as a kid, I learned the power of focus where you would take this little magnifying glass and uh, the sun would hit it and it would take what was scattered, what was dispersed, and it would hit this magnifying glass. It would go through and you could just attack the villages of these little ants and these little bugs. And I, I tell you, it was before I was saved, guys. I, I've asked for repentance. I've repented. I've asked for forgiveness. But, but you kill all these little animals. Why? It was the same sun. But now focused has power. Listen to me, guys. I wonder if most of your issues, your biggest hurdle in life is not a skill problem. It's a scattered problem. It's that you're taking the gift of God inside of you that has so much potential and you've scattered it out so much that you're missing out on the big plan that God has for your life. So what would happen if we learned to focus it? And the enemy knows this about you. He knows this. He, he knows the potential of your life. He knows the destiny on your life. And I wrote it down in my notes this way, that if the enemy can't destroy you, he, it's simple. He'll just distract you. He'll get you so scattered with all these other random battles, random fights. You're in this Facebook war. You're in this drama with them. You're watching this show and you're missing out on all the great things that God could do with your life if you would just get it focused. That's why I truly believe, write it down, that your power lies in your focus. And you will be as effective as you are focused in your life. So here's the big million dollar question. How do we do it? How do we live a focused life? If this is, if this is the adjustment we need to end 2019 well, how do we live in a focused life? I'm gonna give you three things that I think will help you. Number one is this, it's in your notes. You have to remove the obligation to say yes to everything. 
This is so huge, guys, because I'm telling you, I, I love people. I love to please people. I hope you're happy with me. I'm happy with you. We're all a big family. It's all great. But that desire to please people, I remember when the church first started, I, had, I just said yes to everything. We were just so shocked anybody would show up. Anytime people would ask us a question, I'd go, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. Well, can you come to my house and bless our home? Yeah, sure. I don't know how sure that is, but I'll do that. And can you come over here and pray for this person? Sure, I can do that. Can you perform my son's bar mitzvah? I don't know. I'll Google it. Sure, sign me out. Like, I just said yes to everything. And what I learned as I was saying yes to everything, and because of that, I really couldn't say yes to the great things that God wanted me to do. So I was missing out on the big things because I, I just said yes too much. So I had to learn a powerful word. If anybody asks you what you learned in church today, just tell them you learned this word. It, it's a freeing word for your life. Ready? It's the word no. Did it feel good? I want you to say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. No. Oh, it's, it feels so good. You, your life will be so effective if you will learn the power of saying no. Will you sign up for that program? Will you come over? Will you do this other hangout? You just got to learn to say no at times. I had to learn how to say no. I had to learn how to say no to some things. I had to, I had to learn how to say no to counseling. I know this has caused problems in our church. People have talked about it. They go, Aaron, we want you to counsel us. We want you to help us. And they get mad when I don't. And it's not because I don't love people. It's just because I'm a terrible counselor. Listen, the, uh, the first few years, every single um, couple that was married that I counseled ended up getting a divorce. I just realized this isn't my thing. I'm just not good at this. You, you don't want, listen, you don't want me to be the person talking you off the ledge. I'm too interested in the scenery. Like I'm just like ADD. And then you jump and I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, that's funny. I, I had to say no to, to people asking me to do stuff during, during my family time. Not, not because I don't love people. I, I, I love people. I love the church more than anything. I'm telling you. But I had to say, I had to protect that time. I just, I just realized that one day my kids who are little are going to be older and I refuse to have 21, 23-year-old kids who hate God, who hate the church, who are sitting in counseling saying, man, I wish my dad would have loved me as much as he loved Radiant Church. I refuse to do it. So I had to learn to say no. You got to learn this. Here's how Jesus says it. Really? He says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. <laughs> I love that. Predecide, yes or no. What has God said for your life? I actually tell people all the time, predecide this. Like, don't decide Monday if you're going to work out on Monday. Decide it today. Like, predecide, I'm making a decision tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this decision. And why? Because if you wake up and you go, well, I'll see how I feel. How many know <laughs> you never feel like you're going to do it? Uh, uh, predecide when you're driving on Kennedy. I'm, uh, that light's going to be there flashing. And I'm not going to turn in to get hot donuts now. Like, I'm just pre-deciding. Pre-deciding. I'm going to let my yes be yes and my no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Yikes. So, so I know, I know the, uh, the pushback. Because if you're, if you're like me, you feel this way. You go, but, but I want people to like me. And I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But I've learned earlier on, and you listen to this, write it down, is that I can't please everyone. But I can please God. And I think a lot of you guys have lost your capacity to say yes to God because your life is so full saying yes to other people. 
So I, I, I can't please everybody else. I, I can't go to bed at night knowing that everybody's happy with me, but I can go to bed knowing that God's happy with me. And I can go to bed knowing that, you know what? I couldn't say yes to everybody else's agenda, but like Jesus, I'm gonna be resolutely set to go whatever the Father tells me to do. That's what I'll obey. And I'm okay if nobody else is pleased with me and he's pleased with me, I think that's okay. Can we give God a little bit of praise? That's, what, that's the life we've called to live. All right, number two, I'll go through these last ones pretty quick. And say, so you gotta learn to pay attention to your attention. Because <laughs> a lot of you guys have no clue what you're actually focusing on. So, so your mind starts racing and you realize and you go, what did I just do? For, okay, so I, I write a lot. Um, I, I write a sermon every week that's about 3,500 words to a T. And so I, I write that and then, and then I write for school. There's a couple papers a week that are three or 4,000 words a piece. So, so I've gotten in a rhythm of writing. It takes a lot of my time up. I enjoy it. But as I'm in this kind of rhythm of writing and getting all this stuff done, I've realized that if I don't pay attention to my attention, then my mind just starts racing. So the other day, I'm writing this sermon on focus. And here's what happened. No lie. No, no exaggeration. This is, this is my life, okay? Um, and I didn't realize this till after the fact, but this is what happened. Um, I guess as I'm writing, I, I went and minimized that screen and opened up Facebook. Started scrolling on Facebook, just mindlessly. You know, this is just what we do. And then as I'm mindlessly scrolling on Facebook, there was a, uh, a news article about North Korea. So I clicked on that. Well, I've got to know what's going on right now. So I clicked on that. It led me to the news site. I read the article and I started thinking and they were talking about, you know, nuclear weapons and missiles. And, and I thought, started thinking and going, well, I wonder if I could find any nuclear weapons and missiles on Google Earth in North Korea. So I then go to Google Earth, typed in North Korea. I started at the bottom and started going through the roads of North Korea through Google Earth. <laughs> Don't judge me. You've all done this crazy stuff. So it was an hour of my time that I did not find nuclear weapons. They are nuclear weapon free right now as much as I know. <laughs> They're doing okay as much as I can tell. <laughs> And pay attention to your attention. And a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys, you wonder why you're not effective. And I think it's because your attention is on that past. It's on that X. It's on that struggle. It's on that hang up. It's on your failure. It's on your weakness. Get it off of that. That's why Paul says it like this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Hey, Radiant Church, how many things did Paul the apostle do? Oh, this is a good lesson for somebody. He had a target. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. This is a focused life. I'm gonna forget these other things. I'm gonna go after what God has for me. I might not succeed at those things. I might have failed in the past, but I'm straining towards what is ahead. Pay attention to your attention, amen? All right, number three. The last one is this, is who I focus on will help me prioritize what I focus on. So everybody's asking the same question right now. Well, Aaron, what do you want me to focus on? What am I supposed to focus on? And I can't answer that. But here's what I've learned in my life. When I don't know what to focus on, I just really work on who I'm supposed to focus on. Because who, if, if I get the right who, I'll get the right what. For instance, like um, I always have a good diet except when I'm around certain who's. I won't even name them. So what happens, I get around them and all of a sudden I start eating terribly because why? Because your community matters. So what they are focused on, eventually you'll focus on. 
the other day I was in Dallas uh, speaking and doing some stuff with some pastors and we're all sitting around like a grill that night and they're all talking about this guy is being traded to this team and being traded to this team. And if you don't know anything about me, I know nothing about sports. So I'm sitting there bored out of my mind. Well, they kept talking about this thing for so long. I was like, this must be really important. So I go online, I start Googling and realizing, I'm like, oh man, this person's getting traded to here. And, and, then, and then finally, I started getting like offended. I'm like, I can't believe they left that town. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm realizing, I'm like, I didn't even know these people existed five minutes ago. And now I'm offended. What? Who you hang out with really determines what you focus on. This is why, everybody listen up to me, we're gonna close this thing out. This is why the local church is so important. This is why you can't live in isolation. This is why, as much as I love, I love online and, and video and all that kind of stuff, this is why you need to be in the house of God every single week. This is why you gotta get on the dream team and you gotta go through next steps. This is why you gotta get some people in your life that when your focus gets on the wrong what, you have the right who in your life to direct you right back and go, no, no, let's get back on path. Let's get back focused on what's important. You get the right who, you'll focus on the right what. That is why the scriptures tell us in Hebrews to just fix our eyes on Jesus. I actually believe at the end of this message, this will be the most spiritually reviving message you've listened to in a long time where you don't, you can't figure out what it is that's off. And you just, I just feel like I've lost my stride this year. Get your eyes back on Jesus and watch what happens when we get it on the right who, then he'll help us with the right what. And he'll get your life focused if you get on him. I'm telling you, I'm a better husband when my eyes are on Jesus. I'm a better dad when my eyes are on Jesus. I'm a better parent. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better leader. I'm a better son. I'm a better everything when my eyes are on Jesus. Get it on him today. A couple months ago, uh, my iPad, this is my iPad I preach with, and it, it, um, I only use it to preach on Sundays. It's the only thing. I don't watch movies on it. I don't play games on it. Um, it's, that's the whole purpose because the whole purpose of, I don't want it to die. Like while I'm preaching, that would be embarrassing. So, um, so every week though, I go to load stuff on it. And when I go to load stuff on it, it says it every single week that the storage is full. And I'm like, how in the world is the storage full on this iPad? I don't use it for anything else. So this is a couple of months back. I did a little research and found out that there's a way that you can check out your storage settings in an iPad and an iPhone and all the God's products that are Apple, you can check it all out that way. And as I was checking it out, it shows you exactly where all of your, your storage is being used for. And mine was for two things. Yours are probably the same things, but mine was for two things. I didn't realize that every one of my text messages of all time were saved on there. Like years and years, like a decade's worth of text messages were on there that I'm just never erased. I was taking up like a majority of all, all these old conversations, old friends, old life. This is all packed full in my iPad, keeping me from what's next because of all of this old stuff that's, ta that's taking up space. The other one was probably the same for you as photos. It was just packed full of photos. I have four kids, so a couple thousand pictures each kid and it fills up pretty quick. So what I had to do is I had to start from the very beginning and I had to go back and I just scroll back and go, you know what? What's in front of me is more important than that text message thread. I'll delete that one. Oh, I, I don't need that. Oh, that person's not even in my life anymore. I'll delete that thing out of there. I'll move back. Oh, those pictures. Oh, that, that, that's old stuff. I, I, this, that's, that was our old auditorium. No, no, I, we have a new auditorium now. I'm going to take better pictures there. And I had, to, I had to remove some memories and I had to remove some messages that were taking up space in this so that I could make way for the new thing that God has for me. And I've got a word for somebody here today who's trying to focus on what's next. 
Here's the first step. You need to go through, delete some of those names. Delete some of those people. Get, get Sally out of the life and get, get the memories of this person and the photos of this person. And watch how if you remove those things from the past and look forward and say, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I'm going to strain towards what God has for my life. I'm not looking back anymore. I'm looking forward this year. And I'll watch how God can move in my life when I get focused. Lord, I pray for your church today. Right now, all over this place, there's a moment where you are reconnecting and getting your eyes back on Jesus. You're in here today and you've just lost that fire. You've lost that passion. You've lost that connection. I believe it's a spiritually reviving moment right now where you just say, God, help me get my eyes back on you. Help me. I don't know what to focus on, but I know who to focus on. I get it on you. Come on, everybody in this place, just ask and say, God, this is my moment. I want to get it right back on you. I want to focus on you and watch how you can change my life. With your, while you're praying that prayer, while you're reconnecting with God, you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give you that opportunity today. I want you to know that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. And, and listen, while your eyes were on so many other things, his eyes have been on you the whole time. He's fixated on you. He, he has a plan for your life. He died for your sins. You don't have to stay lost any longer. And this is a moment where you can come to God. He's been drawing you. I think he brought you here for this purpose right now. If that's you with every eye closed, every head bowed on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand. And what that means is I'm making a statement of faith saying, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I don't know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to give my, my life to him. I'm going to put my eyes on him and watch how he'll forgive you and transform your life. Ready? One, two, three. All over this place. Throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people all over this place. Thank you all in the back. St. Pete, thank you. Thank you, all those that are watching online. Just begin right there in your seat. Just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my baggage. I give you my past. Today, I want to put my eyes on you. Come into my life. Change my heart. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. We pray. And everybody that believes it says, Amen. come on, can we celebrate with a dozen or so people? Oh, come on, Radio Church. That's a big deal. Huge deal. Here's what we're going to do. If you made that decision, thank you for making the best decision of your life. I want you to check on that connection card. I committed my life to Christ. We're going to send you some resources. We're going to send you a gift in the mail, something to help you along this journey. It's not the end. It's only the beginning. We love you guys. We celebrate with you. Hey, we're going to end this service by responding to God by giving. Today, we actually think of giving as a response. It's an act of worship, not out of obligation, not out of law, not out of a burden. No, it's a response to the fact that we were lost in our sin, separated from God, but he's been gracious to us. Hasn't he been good to you, church? And out of that, man, we just love to give to God. So we, we bring him our tithe. We give above and beyond. And I want you to know it's making a difference. Last week alone, 29 people we got baptized in our church. We saw over 300 decisions for Christ during the month of, of June. Come on, give God a little bit of praise. That's amazing. All because of your giving. We're launching the Heights in the next couple weeks. We're getting downtown, I mean, Brandon, in just a few weeks too. God's doing amazing things. Thank you for being faithful. You can give here in the service, online or through text giving. Lord, bless your people. As they're so faithful to you, would you bless them supernaturally in ways they never thought were possible with jobs, promotions, increase, bonuses, breakthrough in their life. Lord, and let it start with the fact that they've given first to you. Lord, I thank you that your word says that give and it shall be given to us. Press down, shaken together, 
running over. Lord, I pray for that abundance in each of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.